theyeshiva.net. Okay, so good morning, everybody. Welcome. I think I could say welcome back, right? After two years, you could say welcome back. Bruchim Aboyim. Thrilled to see everybody. The faces that we have seen on Zoom and the faces that we haven't seen on Zoom. <laughs> So Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai was in a cave for uh, 12 years, and then it was time to come out of the cave. <laughs> so uh, Baruch Hashem, we're out of the cave, and it's great to see everybody. We uh, we had this shear. The shear got interrupted exactly a little more than two years ago, right? Purim time, when Corona swept the world. And uh, we went right on to Zoom a few days later. Baruch Hashem, we're back here. So, Shachiyano Vekimano Vegiyano Lizman and welcome everybody. I want to thank the Shul <coughs> for giving us the space here, because 20 downstairs, our old place, became a little small, so graciously they gave us this room. Prime real estate, as they say, in the market. The <coughs> Blazer Shiner and the Nachem Shiner and the whole staff of the Shul. I want to thank Nochem Fried. He's not here today for the technological uh, concoctions here that are very sophisticated. And uh, Reb Isaac for the copies. So thank you and welcome everybody. Okay, so as we announce this year will be now Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, 7.45 till 8.30. Be'ezer Hashem. So this week is uh, Parshas Bahar in Eretz Yisrael. It's Parshas Emmer outside of Eretz Yisrael. I think Eretz Yisrael and uh, Chutz Laaretz will become united in Matais, Matais Masse. Till then, every Shabbos is a different Parsha. Because, of course, the last day of Pesach in Eretz Yisrael, it was Isruchag, and over here was Achron Shal Pesach, so they could read the Parsha, and we had to delay it a Shabbos. So this week is Parshas Bahar. In Eretz Yisrael. Besides that, this year is Shnasa Shmita. This year is a Shmita year. The whole Shmita year, the whole year. Shmita year is called the year of Shabbos. The year of Shabbos, the year of rest. And the uh, Parshas Bahar deals with the laws of Shmita. So, the, and it's also next week here. So, therefore, we're going to start today a Maimer from Parshas Bahar, which we're going to continue Bezer Hashem next week because it's a longer Maimer. Uh-huh. And it's really one of the main maimarim about Shabbos, one of the one of the big maimarim about Shabbos in Lakut Torah. This might so please turn to uh, Parshas Bahar Lakut Torah, uh, page uh, eighty one, eighty one, column one. If you have the copies, you should be good. <laughs> if you have the sefer, it's Mem Aleph, column one, or eighty one on top of the page, the first column. As Shabsai say Tishmeru, or Mikdashi Tiro Aniyasha. This is actually a maima that begins on the last pasuk of the parsha. The, the final last pasuk of Parsha's Bahar is as Shapsaisa you should keep my Shabbases, and you should have awe of my Mikdash, of my holy sanctuary, Ani Hashem Ayam Hashem. As I said, that's the culmination of Parsha's Bahar, all of its fifty six, fifty seven psukim, fifty seven psukim. This Maimed the Balatanya said in the year Tovkuf Ayin Aleph. 
Tovkufayin Aleph would mean? We don't have Repinchas Kriger to give the English date, so I'll give it. 1811. <laughs> Tovkufayin Aleph is 1811. Okay. So let's begin. You found it? Yeah. Hine Peter Shapsoisai. I just want to mention the fact that I have here my Malamed, who I sat by in second grade. He taught me in second grade, Rabbi Horovitz. So it's a little uh, interesting, because <laughs> I sat in second grade learning by him, and now he's sitting here. Is that Michael? Can Raiden in front for Nach? Okay. Huh? He taught well? Okay. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see uh, what comes out. I also want to give it up Adam Ben Sarah a blessing for his procedure today. We have a four Shleiman or four Kreva. The word Shapsoisai is in the plural. It could have said, as Shabasi Tishmiru, you should keep my Shabbos. But he says Shapsoisai. Shapsoisai is at least two, plural. My Shabbosim you should keep. There's one Shabbos. Every week there's another Shabbos. So it says, Zohar Yom HaShabbos Lekatshev, Adin Aseris HaDibris. It could have also said, Zohar Yemei HaShabbos. It refers to every week Shabbos, but here the Pesach says, Shabbosai, my Shabbos is, my Shabbosim, you should keep. Heim Shtei Shabbosos. That's at least two. Shabbosai is plural, is at least two. Why? Why does the Pesach say this? So the Alter Rebbe, the Balatani explains, Shabbosai Razal. This is an intimation to what Chazal say. Shabbos daf kuf yud chesam et beis. Amr Rabbi Yechonah Mishim Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. Rabbi Yechonah said in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai, getting ready for Lag Boim the day of Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. Il malei meshamrin Yisrael shtei Shabbosos kilchos and meyad negol. It's a very famous Gemara. If the Jews would only observe two Shabbosim kilchoson according to. Halacha, in other words, in the ideal fashion, the way you have to observe Shabbos, they would immediately be redeemed. So Rabbi Yechimen's words is, Shtei Shabbos. Not Meshamer and Shabbos Achas. Meshamer and Shtei Shabbos. So the Balatanya says, that's why it says, It's not just talking about observing Shabbos. That would be every Shabbos. But it's also intimating what Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai says in Gemara, Make sure to keep the two Shabbos. Which, of course, begs the question, why two, not one? And why two, not three? I mean, once you're going above one, I can understand. You say, if Jews keep Shabbos, there's something so powerful about it. But he says, two Shabbos. So Balatanya says, on a deeper level, it doesn't mean two Shabbos, one week and another week. It means... <laughs> In every Shabbos, there's two Shabbos. Right? That's a classic way that Alter Rebbe would explain something. Because you really have to understand why if they keep two Shabbos, will they be redeemed? Why two Shabbos? Why Shabbos Bechlal? So he says, the answer is the two. The question is the answer. Because there's two Shabbos in every Shabbos. There's two Shabbos, and every Shabbos there's two dimensions. There's two dimensions, there's two aspects of Shabbos within Shabbos. This is hinted to in the Pasuk that we say on Shabbos and Musaf. It speaks about the carbon oil, the, 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 the offerings that were brought on Shabbos. So the expression in the Pasuk is to bring the oil of Shabbos in Shabbos. So he says, there's Shabbos, there's the Shabbos, you could have said bring oil of Shabbos. 
So Taka the Gemara and Pesachim discusses Al Pi Alocha. Why it's a little bit of an awkward language. Eilus Shabbos bin Shabbat. So he says because this Shabbos in Shabbos. This is based on what it says in Zoyar, in Parshas Bereshis, she has Shabbos Tato, for Shabbos Ilah Bechal Shabbos. And every Shabbos is what's called Shabbos Tato, the lower dimension of Shabbos, and Shabbos Ilah, the higher dimension of Shabbos. So within Shabbos itself, there's Shabsoi Sai. That's why it says, keep my Shabbos is. In Shabbos itself, one Shabbos. There's the lower dimension and the higher dimension. Tato, of course, means lower in Aramaic. And Elah means higher in Aramaic. That's why it says plural. So this answers another question. Apparently, there is a blatant contradiction in Chazal. In Meseches Shabbos, in Bavli, Dav Kofiut Ches, Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai says, and Rabbi Yechonon quotes him, if they keep two Shabboses, they would be redeemed. In Talmud Yerushalmi, as he says in the first chapter of Meseches Tainus, in the beginning, it says, if the Jews would keep one Shabbos the way they should, Ben David, Mashiach, would come. There's also a difference that in Bavli it says, Miyad Negalin, and in Yerushalmi it says, Miyad Ben David Ba. But Luchayr, it's the same concept. So you could say it's an argument between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. The Bavli says we have to keep two, and the Yerushalmi says we have to keep one. The Balatanya says it's not an argument. You have to understand what two means. Because what it means is it's not a steer, it's not a contradiction. The Yerushalmi is one Shabbos. But Yerushalmi is saying one Shabbos in its totality. The Bavli, which was edited around 100 years after the Yerushalmi, is more specific so he says, it has to be two Shabbosim. In other words, two Shabbosim within one Shabbos. Al-Derech as mentioned above. This is the introduction. This is the introduction to explain the words Shabbosim. So now the Balatanya says, to understand this, first of all, what do we mean that there's two Shabbosim in every Shabbos? As the Zoyer says, Shabbos Tatar, Shabbos Ilah. Number two, what's the connection to Geula? Shabbos. Of course, so to understand this, you have to understand what Shabbos is. It's known, when he says it's known, what does it mean it's known? Known means it's explained in Sifri HaKabbalah, in the, in the writings of the Arizal, or the great Mekobalim, based on the Zoyar, this is Noida, it's known. The Shabbos, Subchines, Aliyah Soilamus. That Shabbos is the time of Aliyah Soilamus. Which means, literally, the time that the worlds go up. The worlds ascend. They experience an ascent. What does this mean, Aliyah Soilamus? It's a very mystical term. What does it mean the worlds go up? Shabbos is the seventh day of the week. Which worlds go up? There's, but there's something about Shabbos. The, the core of Shabbos is that it's Aliyah Soilamus. There's an Aliyah. There's an elevation in Oilamus. What does it mean in Oilamus? There's an elevation. Oilamus means worlds, universes. That means not just our universe. It means... There's an elevation of the consciousness. Every level of consciousness is called a world. You can have two people at the same table, but they're in two worlds, right? We all know that, right? Unfortunately, sometimes you can have a husband and a wife around the same table, but they're in two worlds. They're not in the same world. Physically, they're in the same planet. They're inhaling the oxygen of this planet, but you're in a different world. You say you're in a different world. What does it mean you're in a different world? You're not in a different world. 
But you are in a different world. <laughs> Two people are, you could be in a, why? My mood is different. My consciousness is different. My perspective is different. My attitude is different. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, yeah? It's not always easy to get two people to live in the same world. It's, uh, it's hard work, yeah? To get two people to live, I'm not saying to live together, just in the same world. <laughs> to live together is already uh, a whole other <laughs> chiddush. But to live in the same world, to see things that you see. So when you say aliyah sa'ilamus, it means on every level of consciousness, every level of the world, also the physical world, there's an aliyah, there's an ascent, which is going to be explained. When you say there's aliyah it doesn't just mean somehow worlds ascend. It means everything that was experienced during the week is re-experienced on Shabbos. That's what aliyah sa'ilamus means. It's not just Shabbos, the worlds go up, which we also have to understand what that means. It means that everything that was experienced during the week in other words, as he says, the Torah, the Masim, Torah, all of a person's deeds and involvements and activities, everything they learned. He says two things, Torah and Masim, Torah, means both things that we learned and things that we did. So it's all elements of a person's involvement, the brain and the heart and actions. Oh, good question. The Zohar says that my name is Barchen Kulayoyman, that from Shabbos comes the blessing for the whole week, Right? Even though the man didn't come down on Shabbos, but the blessing for the man came on Shabbos. So Chazal say, He blessed him with the man, blessed Shabbos with the man. But the man didn't come down on Shabbos. <laughs> so the Pshad is that on Shabbos was the source. So yeah, on one level, Shabbos is the source, and on another level, Shabbos is the culmination. It's the source, and it's the culmination that everything experiences on Aliyah. On Shabbos. So it's re-experienced on Shabbos. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Reb Tzadik HaKoyen of Lublin writes, why do we turn around after L'Chadoidi? Before Mizma Sheli Yom Shabbos. So in Halacha, there's different reasons given. One reason is because the Avelim, the people who are sitting Shiva, would come into Shul and they would be in the backs. So everybody welcomed them and greeted them. There's, of course, a simple reason of welcoming Shabbos, so to speak, coming in from the back, you know, the queen. There's different explanations. But Rebzaldik says this idea that uh, when you go into Shabbos, you could run into Shabbos. You can escape into Shabbos. Before Mizma Shiliyama Shabbos, when you accept Shabbos, especially if you're davening earlier, so you turn around to take with you everything from the past. You don't just run into Shabbos before you finish L'chadoidi and you have been transported, so to speak, to the energy, to the oasis of Shabbos, Shab Tzaddik says it's time to turn around and make sure you didn't leave anything behind. You know, because in life, sometimes people go into a new phase and you just want to amputate your past. <laughs> it never happened, it never existed, and it's a mistake because... It comes back, you know, everything, it's part, it's part of me. You can't amputate what's part of you. You know, sometimes people, it's hard people who are bali tshuva or people who make transformations in their life, like sometimes you say goodbye, you know, I don't know my mother, I don't know my father, I don't know my brothers, I don't know my sisters. But this wasn't a mistake. God didn't make a mistake. This is your family. So, and, and it, something happens to a person because when I cut off part of me, that part is cut off. There's a certain me that's not there. Because it is who I am. So his point is that before you run into Shabbos, you have to turn around 
and make sure you're taking everything with you. Here we see not only that, but that the whole Shabbos is the aliyah of everything of Yemei Achal. Yeah. Yeah. The Mekabalim of Tzvas, the Mekabalim of Tzvas, created what we call Kabbalah Shabbos. Kabbalah Shabbos is one of those later menhagim that became universal. It's an interesting thing. Because it's really a much later minig. It comes from the Mekabalim of Tzvas. L'chuniranana all the way till the regular Maida, which we call Kabbalah Shabbos. You know, the Chadoidi is a poem. It's not old, it's a poem. I mean, it's relatively old, but uh, relative to Jewish history, it was written by Reb Shleima El-Kabetz, Reb Shleima El-Kabetz, who was a brother-in-law of the Ramak, Rabbeinu Moshe Cordovero, the author of the Pardus. He was murdered. He was murdered by a, by an Arab in Sfas. And his name is Reb Shleima Halevi El-Kabetz. And he wrote the poem L'Chadoidi, based on the Pesukim in Yeshaya which is one of the most beautiful poems about Shabbos. And uh, Reb Shleim al also wrote a sefer called Manas Halevi on, uh, on Purim, Megillus Esther, and other svarim. He was a brother-in-law of the Ramak. So they were the ones, that group, the Arizal's colleagues and students, who created Kabbalah Shabbos. And one of the things they did was that you begin with six kapitlach tehillim. Right? L'chuneranana, Shiru Hashem, Hashem Malach, Mizma Hashem Malach, and Mizma L'david is the sixth, and then L'chadaydi. And Darizal says each one was was introduced as what, corresponding to one day of the week. So L'chuniranana, that's when everything of the past Sunday goes up. And Shirul Hashem, everything for Monday. And then the third one is Tuesday. So it's not just simple kapitlich tehillim. <laughs> it's a whole re-experience of the week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mizmah Ladavid Havul Hashem B'nai is Friday. And then is L'chadaydi. And when you finish the Chadaydi, you go to Mizmah Shiliyah, Mashabas, which is the seventh day, obviously. So it's all this concept that the Torah mitzvahs of the whole, of Maisim Taivim of the whole week is Eulah, it ascends on Shabbos. So it's re-experienced on Shabbos, but in an elevated fashion. That means sometimes there's an experience in life, right? What does it mean practically? Some, every person, life is lived twice. One is when the experience happens, and one is when the experience is elevated into a particular context. And sometimes that is what liberates the experience because there's experience and there's interpretation of experience. We all know that, right? And that's the key. I can't, I'm not in control of every experience, but interpretation of experience is where a lot of healing happens, hopefully. So what he's saying is Shabbos is the interpretation of experience. It's the Ali of the experience. It's where you put it, where you put it in your system, in your life, in the world. That's what the Aliyah means. Aliyah doesn't mean it physically goes up to the second floor, to the third floor, to the fourth floor. It means it's an opportunity to bring it all up, to see it from a certain vantage point. When you see it from a certain vantage point, it could be elevated. And the same is true with everything in life. Everything needs an aliyah. Everything needs a re-framing a re it. It's called, in English, they call it reframing it. Right? Re- I think that may be a right word here. Reframing it. The picture is the same picture, right? But when you get the wrong frame, it's going to ruin the whole living room. If you don't believe me, ask your wife. It's going to ruin the whole living room. You have to reframe it. The picture is the same picture, but the framing is essential. However, it can't really be subsumed mamash and Shabbos. Why? It's impossible 
that the mohus, the essence of what happens during the weekday, should be subsumed, should be yuchlal, should be uh, submerged, included in Shabbos. Ella, there has to be a process. Ella sheyesh bechal yom ha'adas Shabbos. In every day of the week, there's the light of Shabbos. Kamashakasov, the Pasik says in Parshas Yisra, the Aseris Adibris, Zachar es yom ha'shabbos. Remember the day of Shabbos, which Chazal interpret doesn't only mean on Shabbos. It means every day you should remember the day of Shabbos. Halachically, what that means is, the Gemara discusses how Shammai would, uh, when he would find a, a, a Gemara in Beitza, we learned it, you remember that Shammai, when he would find a nice man, a nice piece of meat, he would say, this is for Shabbos. Every day you have to think about Shabbos. Then the next day he would find a better piece of fish, he would say, this is for Shabbos, and he would eat the other one. The Ramban says in Parshas Yisrael that in Hebrew there's no name for the week, for the, for the days of the week. In Hebrew there's no Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those are not Hebrew names, obviously. Right? Actually, it's the way we say it in Davening. Hayoyim Yoyim Rishon Bashabas. Hayoyim Yoyim Sheni Bashabas. In other words, this is the second day of the week leading up to Shabbos. And the Ramban says that's how we're Mekayim Zachar Yisrael Mashabas. So what's today? Today is Yom Yom Sheni Bashabas. Tomorrow is Yom Shlishi Bashabas. And that's how, that's how it is in Lashon Kodesh. It's Yom Shlishi. What do you mean Yom Shlishi? Third, third day since when? Third day since when? Since Eisenhower was elected? Yom Yom Shlishi. Give context. The answer is Shabbos. All in context of Shabbos. So the Balatanya says it's not just a technical thing. You remember every day Shabbos. No. Bechol Yom Yesh Ha'odas Shabbos. Every day there's the light of Shabbos. Because every day there's the light of Shabbos, so that's what you're remembering every day. Zachir Esema Shabbos every day, the light of Shabbos. What is this? And this is the time of davening, or the experience of davening. What Shabbos does to the week, Tfila does to the day. In other words, the light of Shabbos every day, that's tefillah. That's the time, the experience of davening. What's a real experience of davening? That everything of a person's experience throughout the day is reinterpreted, is re-experienced during davening. That's his, his definition of tefillah. We usually say tefillah, you know, you get up and you say a few words. You ask for what you need. Obviously, that's emes. But he's saying tefillah really is a time of aliyah. It's a time that the person ascends. What does it mean the person ascends? It doesn't mean I climb up on a ladder. It means that a person takes everything, everything from the past day, depends which tefillah, if it's chakras, it's from the previous uh, night, if it's mincha, if it's maidif, and everything is, is sublimated. It experiences a reinterpretation, it experiences an aliyah during davening. It's brought upward. It's brought into alignment with the divine essence. Everything from, and that's really what tefillah is. Tefillah is a time of alignment. Taking all my experiences of life and processing them or reprocessing them in, in, in a form of alignment of dveikas, of chibur with, with Hashem. That's why davening is called oilas tamit. The Gemara says in Brachas that tefillah is the tefillahs were instituted instead of the carbon tamid, which is called in Chumash, oilas tamid. Oilas tamid literally means an oila, a carbon oila, a burnt offering that was always brought consistently, every day, tamid, perpetually. 
tefillah is called Oilas Tamid. Why? Al Shem Aliyas Ha'Oilam is Sha'Oilam Lamay Lamay Lebizman Atfillah. Oilas Tamid, because during the time of tefillah, it's a time of Oila. What's Oila? Aliyas Ha'Oilam is the inner world of a person ascends during davening. On Shabbos, there's Aliyah of Shabbos, which is unique, that's once a week. But every day there's a ray of Shabbos during Tefillah, that's the Oilas Tamid. There's Oilas Tamid and Oilas Shabbos. Once you have Shabbos every day of the week, so then... All the davening of the weekdays with all the that was nichlal, that was subsumed in the davening, now it can all become part of Shabbos Mamash. He was saying, you can't have a direct aliyah of choil into Shabbos, of all the avoid of choil into Shabbos. That can't happen. It has to go through the intermediary. What's the intermediary? To connect to Shabbos every day. So in other words, Sunday has a little piece of Shabbos. That's the davening of Sunday. Monday has a little piece of Shabbos. From the davening of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is created Shabbos. <laughs> the davening of every day, that's the Shabbos of that day. When you have the accumulative energy of the six days, so then that creates the full day of Shabbos, the full experience of Shabbos, which extends for the 24 hours of Shabbos. And then the whole experience of the week can go up and be oiled into Shabbos Mamish because at first already went through a semi-transformation during the Shabbos within every day of the week, which is the time of tefillah of the day of the week. Yeah. Very good. So just like in Shabbos itself, there's Shabbos Tata, the Shabbos Silah. There's a lower level, there's a higher level. So within that itself, you have the Shabbos of every day of the week. It's still a mundane day, but there's a shtickle Shabbos there. And then there is the ultimate Shabbos. In other words, the day of Shabbos. And that's going to be the theme of the Mimer. No, this is, so to speak, the intro. Ah? Yeah. In other words, the hours of davening of every single day, that becomes Shabbos. That becomes Shabbos. Yeah. Which, let's say it in the positive. The positive is that when somebody, during davening, connects, so then the Shabbos is a different Shabbos. It's, it's, the experience of Shabbos is, is a deeper Shabbos. Because it's made up of, 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 of Shabbosim. <laughs> when the person didn't have that experience, so then as the Alter Rebbe says, the, the gulf between the Choyl and Shabbos is so profound that there's no bridge to bring it all up. So it's almost like I come into Shabbos, but, uh, you know, when you come into Shabbos as I, Without uh, without context, without experience, without the right uh, the right set, you know, a person could be transported into a great place, but if there was no build up, there was no preparation. I'm there, but I can't really be there because I'm still in a different place. I'm actually there, but it's a whole different experience. Huh? Right. That's the Yenav HaChonah of Shabbos. Misha talked about Shabbos, Yechel Shabbos. So he says, every day davening, that's Shabbos. That is the light of Shabbos during that day. What does it mean it's the light of Shabbos? It has a similar experience to Shabbos. That it's a time of complete alignment. It's taking everything, all the Torah and Maisim and bringing it all up. So on a practical level, it means that during the time of davening, it's a time when a person, so to speak, lets go of their attachment 
to anything else outside of their dveikus, of their oneness, and all my experiences in life are given an opportunity to be able to be included in a deeper level of, of oneness with Hashem, harmony. And then the person goes out of davening into the weekday, and then from all the davenings comes Shabbos. Well, he says all the Torah and Masim Toivim. Masim Toivim means all the deeds of a person. Hopefully they're good deeds. If they're bad deeds, then we try to transform them into good deeds. That's what's called Shuva. Yeah, but he says during davening you have a shtikal aliyas oilamus, right? That kolat toiro masim toivim oilim during the davening. He says by tefillah also shabon nechlalim oilim atoiro masim toivim shall kolayyeh. The Lubavitcher Rebbe once told a story that there was a chassid who came to his father-in-law, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe known as Rebbe Ayatz. He came from far. I think it was in Warsaw. He was in Warsaw, in Poland, and he went into the Rebbe to the Rebbe Ayatz and he asked him if he could say chassidus, if he could say amayim chassidus. So he said, So he said, I came to the Rebbe, it's Shabbos. So he said a maimer for him. <laughs> he said a maimer for him. So, right, so sometimes you can have Shabbos, not on Shabbos. <laughs> he says, It's Shabbos. I came here, it's Shabbos. Ah? Talmud Chacham, it's Shabbos, yeah. Yeah. Which now brings us to a deeper question. What is this concept of alias? What does it mean to bring something up? <laughs> What's the problem? Why not? <laughs> if if Hashem's glory, as the Pasuk says, fills the world, so what are you bringing up? You're bringing up something because you don't like where it is, right? He said, let's elevate it. If Malay Khalarat Skvaida, why Aliyas? Uksiv ki Hashemualakim Bashamaimi Malvalarat's Mitachas. The Pasik says in Parshas Veschana, Hashem is Alikim in the heaven above and in the earth below. Ainoit. Ubizoyar Ukmashikasu Bizoy the less Asar Panimine. The Zoyar says no space is devoid of him. So he brought three sources. One is Malay Khalarat Skvaida, it's a Pasak in Yeshaya. One is Hashem Elikim is a pasuk in Veschanan. Then there's a Zoyar Leisa Sarponimine, and in parentheses Kamashakas of Gamki Medrash Rabba Parsha Shmois Parsha Beis Lomim Mitoy Chasne Lelamdoch Sheein Mokim Poni Beloy Shchina Filusne. Why did Hashem reveal Himself to Moshe from a thorn bush? Why from a thorn bush, a fire in a thorn bush, to teach him that there's no space that's devoid of the Shechina, even a lowly, humble thorn bush that's full of thorns, the Shechina is there also. He could have used a tree, he could have used a splendid tree, he could have used a fig tree, a vine, or not a tree at all. He wanted to show him that even a snare, which is like, a, it's, it's prickly, it stings you, it's not a desirable place. Even there the Shechina is. Not only in the snare, also in the snare. But the point is that Malay Khalarat Skvaida. So what's this whole concept in Kabbalah of Aliyah Sa'ilamas? Or the Aliyah of a person ascending. In other words, transporting something from one space to another space when this is the space to be here. You're in the snag, oh, the shina is here too. That's the Shaila. Vimkain Mao Loshan Aliyah Sa'ilamas. Why do you want to be Mailad Ailamas? To where? Where are you gonna bring them? What's missing where they are? The Chaim be pasuk nemer oilas Shabbos. The mashma sha oilim lemaila dafk. 
If it would see, you know, it says, what's became a Pasuk? It's not just a word in Kabbalah, Aliyah Oilamus. You have it in the Pasuk, Oilas Shabbos. It's called Oilas Shabbos, which, which intimates, not just there's a carbon called Oilah, but that Shabbos goes up. Shabbos is an Aliyah. For Yuvan Bahakdim, Inyin, Yididis, and Hashamas, Beguf Bailam Hazah. So to understand all of this, first to give a Hakdama about the descent of souls into the body, into this world. It's explained, uh, explained in many uh, places, in Kabbalah and in Chesidus, that the Yerida, the descent of the Neshama into this world is always Tzayr Chaliyah. It's in order to experience an Aliyah, a deeper ascent. What does this mean? It's known the Gam Kaidim Yeridasin Him Gvayim Ba'id B'madrega. When you say that the Neshama comes down, why does the Neshama come down? Every person has a soul. And the soul descends into this world into a body. So it's a yirida, it's a serious descent, but it's tsarikhaliya. The elevation that happens is tremendous. But don't think that means that before that it's not elevated and it has to come down to be elevated. You really have to understand what's tsarikhaliya, because if you would understand what a soul is, you have to understand what could be added to the soul by coming into this world. That's what he says. Even before they come down, the souls come down, they're extremely high, they're extremely lofty. The Medrash says in Medrash Rabbah in the beginning, Yisrael olu b'machshava. The expression is Yisrael ascended into thought, into Hashem's thought. What does it mean, Yisrael olu b'machshava? The Medrash says that seven things were olu b'machshava. What does it mean, olu b'machshava? It ascended in thought. That Hashem thought about it before. Obviously, if he created it, he thought about it. He says it means as follows. Even angels, the ksiv, uveruach piv The whole world is considered dibur, speech. Yisrael, Allah it's considered thought. It says in Pasuk and Tehillim, Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Nasu, Kapitel Amid Gimel. Bidvar Hashem, uveruach piv koltzvam. The word of Hashem made heaven, and the spirit, the ruach, the, the spirit of his mouth, or the ruach, the energy of his mouth, created all of its legions. The Mishnah says in Perkeyavis, Basara Mamoros Nivra The world was created through ten utterances. You read Parshas Bereshis, Vayomer Elikim, Hashem spoke, He said, Let there be light. He said, let there be a firmament. He said, let there be vegetation. He said, let there be galaxies, let there be luminaries. He said, Vayoimer, Vayoimer. That's all Dibur. Bidvar Hashem Shemaim Nas. When it comes to a soul, what does it say? Machshava. He's told Allah Machshava. Take the metaphor of a person. A person speaks. We speak a lot, some of us more than others. Fortunately or unfortunately. So he says, the letters and the words that you speak are kaloi chashev, are completely insignificant relative to klolis nafsheh medabedes, to the very soul that produces these words. In other words, how many more words <laughs> were unsaid relative to what was said? Right? He says you can't even compare. As much as a person speaks... Your capacity to speak, the nefesh hamedaberes, has a capacity to speak and speak beyond what a person imagines. So all the words that we articulate 
are a certain articulation. But how much do they capture of the entire Nafshi Amad Abedas? Or to put it differently, what is unsaid is much more than what's said. Right? I speak and speak and speak and speak. But what's not, what's not said? And what's the relationship between that which is said to that which is not said? He said, it's Kaloi Chashev. You can't even uh, imagine sometimes how far the disparity is. If a person would reduce their entire existence to the words that are spoken, you're completely not aware of who you are. Every word can be traced back to its source, and in the source, there's so much more that could be said. Why is it not said? Either because the person is unaware, or doesn't have the words for it. So the words are a particular articulation of a certain dimension, but it's kaloi chashev, it's completely, infinitely less than I don't know if you could use the word infinite here, but <laughs> I'm just using it, it's kaloi chashev, it has no no chashev, no significance. Not only that, the soul that speaks, the soul that has the capacity to speak, is not diminished because you said these amounts of words. So, so to speak, you depleted it. If a person would live long enough, obviously... Essentially, the nefesh is my capacity to speak, how limited is it? It could speak words, ain't cats, endlessly. So as much as I speak, both in quantity and in quality, I didn't begin to capture what I could say. And this is both in quantity, since you could speak and speak ain't cats. So even if you spoke for 50 years, 100 years, you still... But also in quality, what I say is... What I have formulated in these letters and in these words. How much did I not say? How much is still included in the source from where these words come from? And you can't reduce yourself or a person to these words. Right? It would be a mistake to do that. To, to, to limit, to limit a person's essence to the words that were said. There's so much more that's deeper than the words that were said. That's called nefesh amadaberes. So when you say all the worlds are Hashem speaking, it's Hashem speaking, what does it mean? It's Hashem articulating a certain energy through every single creation. That's what it means, the world is Hashem's speech. It's not, we say Hashem spoke, you know, what is the expression? Abracadabra could do? Abracadabra could do, right? They say that it comes from Evra, Ka'adabeira, abracadabra. I speak, I create as I speak. What does it really mean? So the Balatanya is explaining what it means. Every creation in the world is an articulation of a divine energy. It's like when a person speaks. You're expressing yourself. How much of yourself are you expressing? <laughs> we should ask the therapist here. When a patient sits down and starts talking, how much of themselves are they expressing? The worst thing a therapist can do is, okay, I hear what you say. I trust everything you say. That's the end of the story. Have a beautiful day. This will cost you whatever it costs you. He has to be fired right away, right? We have to look what wasn't said. <laughs> what was almost said. What he doesn't even know what to say, yeah? Uh, what do you mean? I said, I said everything. No, you didn't say anything. You don't even know what you said. You don't even know what you want to say. You said what you're aware of and what you managed to fit into these words based on your consciousness right now. And sometimes, it's, it's, that's even if it's honest, sometimes it's not even honest. 
But even if it's honest, so I articulated a certain element. He says, but how much is there in the nafshe hamadabedes? How much more is there that you may be unaware? Again, quantity and quality. So he says, when you look at the world, it's all God's speech. It's Hashem having a conversation. It's an ongoing conversation because the world is created every moment. But what is it? It's words. And words are an articulation of an energy within a limited context. And that's why the world is a limited place. But if you could trace back every word to its source, then there's so much more to the word. So he says, that's why all the worlds are called a ha'ada. Ha'ada means a light, a glimmer. It's a glimmer. You cannot limit the experience of divinity by the externalization of it in the universe. On this we understand now when Chazal say Neshamas are part of Machshava, it's something else. You could say the same thing about thoughts. How many thoughts do you have? <laughs> We have thoughts. What is the comparison of those thoughts relative to your ability to have thoughts, to the source of the thoughts? It's again, as many thoughts as I have, right? It's a certain articulation of a certain energy. It's it's more internalized. I'm not sharing it with people. It's more chaotic. There's many more thoughts. There's a lot more going on. It's more personal. It's more intimate. It's not what I'm saying. But it's still the same cheshbon. How much of yourself is being articulated in your thoughts? If you reduce the self to your thoughts, he says, you're completely not in touch with what's happening. The thought is a certain, uh, what's the word, uh, self-conceptualization, right? Is that the word? Self-conceptualization, yeah? It's the way I process myself to myself. Speech is the way I process myself to you. And thought is the way I process it. So it's higher, it, it's deeper, it's more intimate. I'm going to tell myself things that I'm not going to tell you, Right? I think so, yeah? We do that. We tell ourselves things that we don't tell anybody. But I'm still telling myself things. Huh? Yeah? So when you say, it's the same cheshman. It's not dibur, it's machshava. How many thoughts could I think that I'm not thinking? And every thought itself, if it could be traced back to the source, how much more is there in that thought? Again, it's a limited articulation. What the Alter Rebbe is teaching us here is you have to understand that all my words and all my thoughts are very poor projections of my true self. People think when they think something, that is who they are. <laughs> he says, not only is it not who you are, the relationship between the thought and who you are is like there's an infinite gulf in between. In other words, what it takes for the self to be put into a thought is a huge, huge journey. And he says, it's Kaloi Chashev. When you go back to that self, this thought is almost like subsumed. It's just a little tiny glimmer of the way you projected yourself to yourself. Now, this thought can drive you a little crazy, right? Because we trust our thoughts. We should trust our thoughts. Our thoughts are meaningful. He's not saying thoughts are not meaningful. They're very meaningful. But don't reduce yourself (laughs) to your words and don't reduce somebody else to their words and don't reduce yourself even to your thoughts. Machshavah samachshavah. In Tanya it says machshavah is a lavush. It's a garment. Garments are important. We don't walk out of the house without garments, right? But you don't define a person based on a garment, on a lavush. 
You have to define a person based on Pneumius. So he's really asking a shaila here. You stole all over machshava, but the same problem is with machshava. It's also a limited form. So he says one nekudah here, and this is this is the, the last nekudah for today. That what mikol mokem machshava lemaylam in adibur shadibur nikra levush achitzim. Dibur is an outer levush. It's an like an external garment, like a suit. Kamal derech mashal begashmi is levush sheinu loiv sheitamid raklepam dahenuk sheilech lechutz. You know, you sometimes have a garment that you don't always wear. I put on my jacket, I put on my tie, I put on my coat. When I go outside, I put it on. I'm not going to sit in my house with my tie, with my jacket, with my hat. Lavush alichutz. It's a lavush you put on. And yes, it defines me. That's what that's how you see me through my garments. But it's only when I go outside. People don't speak always. Let's hope so. Only when you, when you want to, he says, he says here when you should speak. When you want to share something with somebody else, that's when you should speak. It's probably a good way to think about it. When I need to share something and reveal something to somebody else, I speak. There's the capacity for a person to say, I'm not talking now. Machshava is also a levush, but it's a levush apnimi. What's that levush apnimi? He says, imagine a garment that you never take off. Now, physically, it doesn't work that way because sometimes we take off garments, right? It says, Hamelech, I'm not supposed to see a king without clothes. The king's not supposed to go to the mikveh with people. But there's the concept. A person sometimes takes off the clothes. But imagine there's a lavush that you don't take off. Not only when you go inside, even inside you don't take it off. There's certain garments that they're always there, or at least almost always there. Talk about the body, Lagabe the soul, is a garment. You can't take off the body. It's there. So machshava is an example. But it's still a garment. But it's a garment that's always there with me. It's my best friend. You can't be without thinking, right? Try to think about the fact that you're not thinking. Try. Even if you're meditating, you're tuning in to one thought, which is hard, right? You're tuning into your sensations, your body. You're thinking about a certain concept. You're tuning into an experience, whatever it is. But there's no such a thing. A person is completely divorced from machshava. Ef shaliyus believe machshava. He says the machshava loy tanuach It's not like we say, okay, there's no more thinking anymore. We are living in a world where we'll see why. That the, so therefore the levush of machshava. It's also a garment, but it's a different type of garment. It's a garment that always, always accompanies you, and that's why it's harder because you think it expresses you. <laughs> Because it's always there with you. It's like your best friend. So you think, but really, he says, it's still a lavush, it's still a garment. But because it's so close to the nefesh, as he's going to explain in the continuation of the Maimer, therefore, Yisrael Olu B'machshava is a whole different experience than the world, which is Dibur. And that's what we have to understand. What's the difference between thought and speech in the terms of the relationship with Hashem, which explains the difference between the soul and the rest of the universe. As we will continue, Be'ezer Hashem. Tomorrow, 7.45. Tomorrow, have a beautiful day. Say there. Pleasure to have you. How are you? Two years I've been waiting. Ah, regards to your brother-in-law and your mother. 
How are you? Pleasure to have you. So that is Shabbos in Yedin Tag. This is uh, Shabbos in Yedin Tag. Ah, brings back some memories. Yeah. Shalom Aleichem, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Shalom Aleichem. I want to wish a Bezriel Engel Mazel Tov. His daughter became a Kala. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. We know ourselves through thoughts. But it's only levush. It's a levush, right? So that's why. It, exactly. To put it bluntly, imagine you define a person by his undershirt. <laughs> that's the word, that a whole machshava is, is a levush. So therefore, yeah, to define the whole person by that, it's an expression. It's important. It's not uh, <laughs> garments are important. You know, they they express a certain element. If I show up, you know, to work, I show up with a garment. It's like right. That's the issue. So it's like can't. I don't have access. I don't know how do I have access without thoughts. I'm thinking about me. That's right. This is the only way you can right. express yourself. Right. So that's that's the paradox. I can't access me without thinking. What am I supposed to do? I'm using my brain to process me through thoughts. And yet, it's it's a garment for me. The thought itself is a garment. So how could the garment capture that which transcends the garment? The garment reduces it. That's the instrument. That's the only instrument you have to process it. So that's what we're going to be uh, exploring. Be'ezer Hashem. And imagine if people live only in their heads and their thoughts. No, we live in their thoughts. When we live in our heads, yeah, we're living in our machshavas. It's a very limited expression of life. Extremely poor, I would say. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you in person, not just on Zoom. It's a beautiful voice how the davening of every day is the Shabbos of that day. And when you bring all the davenings together, you have Shabbos. Davening is not easy. Davening is an avoda. Letting go. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's precisely that way. It says in one of the Maimorim that, uh, you know, when you're having an arm wrestle with somebody or a wrestling match and you almost pin them down, that's when they will muster all their strength to fight back. You know, the drowning man's last uh, stand. So, you know, you got to, you're getting the guy down, do everything, and then suddenly you'll feel pressure that you didn't feel before. Because before that, he thought he doesn't have to give it all he got. But now he, uh, so he says that's what happens by Davani. Boom, we're going to get you. It's a, it's, a, it's a very empowering idea that when those worst thoughts come in, it's a compliment. You understand? It's a compliment. It's like an opportunity. Like, don't get scared. It's fine. It's gabber. It's gabber. It happens to everyone, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's broad. It's broad in chassidus. Adang Fein Kumen. This is the shamish of the shul. He runs the whole shul. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes.
make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.